Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kyrie in the paint. Kicks it. Irving. Got it. Oh! Tatum. Oh, Same spot. Same result. Welcome to another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, or Brutal Gash as I go by in the land of the Reddit. Joining us as always, our two expert analytical co-hosts, one of whom is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? Oh yeah, you know, was doing a lot better a couple days ago. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, man, I know how you feel. And of course, also with us from across the Tasman, it is Joe, aka No Scrooge McFly. Joe, what's up? Man, I am um, I am relieved that uh, the sort of end of year Christmas wrap up season has kind of concluded. Almost there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to resolve next year. I'm just going to not do end of year Christmas wrap up things. I might make like the odd exception, but man, they add stress to life. Sound real grumpy now, don't I? But man, oh no. man, I don't know if you guys can relate. It's just like. Like nothing else stops, but yeah. we just add these Christmas things on top of it. It's no, terrible. No, I mean, Who I'm, likes it? I don't. I don't know if anyone's left. I'm in the service industry, man. So I'm just Christmas party after Christmas party that I'm, oh. that I'm working on these days. So I'm I'm well over it, definitely. And then there's the yeah, your personal commitments on that side. I hear your pain, yeah. buddy. I hear your pain. Well, geez. And look, couple that with a, a couple of Celtics <laughs> losses. Now, one cannot ignore the pathetic fallacy of the stormy dark clouds currently looming over me here in Sydney as a reflection of not only the Celtics 103 to 113 loss to the Suns, but also the big Aussie, Bainesy. Buggering up the old hand there early in the game, the basketball gods are clearly yeah. angered by this. Um, we're going to get straight into some of the comments from the post-game thread on Reddit and kind of build it out from there. I want to start with Stefano Huff or Steph Anna Huff. Hope I'm saying that right. Uh, why do they always wait for like three minutes left uh, before trying to win against bad teams? It's a great question. And I want to put it to both of you guys because I, I can't answer this, uh, which is maybe not a good starting point as someone who hosts a Celtic podcast. But uh, I'm baffled. It's just this team... Um, I don't know. They're, they're disappointing. There's no other way to put it. Uh, I think everyone is, is overreacting slightly here. To be perfectly honest, we just had a, we okay. just had eight games before that where we were trying for a lot longer than five minutes um, and winning quite handsomely against bad teams. You know, in, inverted commas. Um, but obviously, this this little two game losing streak that we're on, whether it's a blip or an actual full-blown regression, I think it remains to be seen. Um, look, that's definitely a habit, what Stefano Huff is talking about. There's countless times where we've been down big, look like it's all gone from, for all money, and then we just come storming back. And it's great when it happens, but, you know, I think it's been, we were riding our luck for a long time on it, and it's kind of catching up with us now. So I feel your pain. I definitely feel the, the, uh, the anguish of, of seeing games like this and the one against the next era of the season. But, um, you know, it's only two games, you know. We're we're coming off some good form, so I, I think it's I think people just need to come down just a tiny bit. If that's just just what I think. Yeah, Joe. Um. Yeah. It was. 
that Detroit game felt like uh, I think uh, I'm gonna piggyback off a danger cut call, but the Detroit game felt like the Dallas game. It was just one of those games where we're in it and 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 then it was just like, oh man, we're not we're not closing the gap here, you know. Like we, although in that case we actually took the lead a couple times, but you know, it just just slowly stretched out, and before you know it, we're down fifteen really late. Um, so that kind of gave me some flashbacks. But I think the thing here is I'm I'm I'm, a little, I'm kind of more on Jackson's side. Like we had the, the team did really well, eight really good games in a row is like a solid data point, you know, that you have to add into what your you know what your um, conception of this team is. But the the twenty games we saw beforehand are also representative of them as well, right? So, um, so. I sort of feel like these last two games are just, they're kind of, they're part of the mix. They're part of what um, you can expect out of this team over the course of 10 games, right? Which is, you know, we've seen eight really good games. Well, seven, the Wizards game wasn't that great. Um, seven really good games and three kind of average ones, right? So so that's that's kind of who we are. So I feel like there's, a you know, the, the, the hand-wringing will be as a result of... Um, People's and you know expectations becoming a bit too inflated again. Yeah, these couple of last games that they feel like energy related or lack thereof to you guys. User in a response to Stefano Huff's comment there was zero six three zero wrote, "It's because this team is lazy and undisciplined against bad teams. They clearly think they can just play well for the first five minutes and play like shit for forty, and they'll be close enough to out talent the other team in the final three minutes, and that's how you lose to the Suns at home off of three days rest." I don't know. To me, it felt energy-based. Like, you know, we played against good teams like the Raptors in the midst of our bad, you know, first 20-game stretch there. The Bucks, you know, the, the Sixers early in the season, we've played really, really well. And it feels like our energy level is commensurate to the, the quality of talent that we play against. And you know, maybe not so much the Pistons, but certainly the Suns, you know, on paper, they seem like a team that you can kind of go out and give like a half-assed effort. But like, I don't think that we're good enough as a team. Uh, there's a tweet by uh, Danger Card by Ryan Bernardoni. I haven't got it here, but he basically said that we're not good enough to half-ass this game. Like we need to put in our full effort, even against a team like the Suns. Yeah, I, it feels energy related. I don't. I, I I guess it had to be energy related on some level, but coming off a three-day break, like just doesn't seem to compute or doesn't seem to add up. You know what I mean? So um, I'm worried it might be a slight regression in terms of the attitude because I think everyone's forgotten that the first quarter was really good. You know, I mean, it wasn't perfect. I think we could have, you know, been defensively a little bit better. But obviously, Bane's going out, which is, just sucks, really, really sucks. Um, had something to do with that. But um, it was, I, I think maybe they, they felt like they were in a, a winning position or they were going to run away with it and stomp another team like they had been doing, you know, recently. And when the shots just weren't falling, they just looked clueless. And, I mean, sometimes I would look at the lineup and I, it was something like Brown, Roger, Haywood, Williams, and Ojale. And I just thought, who's, who's getting points here? Yeah, so the the first quarter, the Celtics absolutely schooled Phoenix. 37 points on 70% from the field. Uh, Eight guys scored in that quarter. Eight Celtics players scored in that quarter. So it was a a pretty... It was kind of like, okay, we've recovered from the the Detroit game, which, by the way, it it almost felt like a scheduled loss. Um, Like it was a... I think it was a second game of back-to-back, or it was... It was... was Third, was. Yeah. Four, third in four nights, I think, and back to back. Yeah, it was at the the end of this the the, the final. What am I trying to say here? It was at the end of this um, this long stretch of games where we just put in high effort, and then it seemed like you know that game we got on the plane after the game prior, we flew to Detroit. Like it seemed like it was excusable to lose that game, but but not so much 
here against Phoenix, and and yet we started with the with a similar level of momentum that that this team has um, output in this sort of last ten or so stretch of games, uh, and then the second quarter, bad bad second quarter and, and third quarter, the Suns thrashed the Celtics thirty three to twenty five in the second, and then twenty seven eighteen in the third, and then we could just never recover from there. Um, a lot of that had to do with uh, Aiton, DeAndre Aiton, who as a rookie, you know, ten of fourteen from the field, seventy one point four percent from the field. Uh, so many rebounds, 18 rebounds in total, which feels like it's not, but it feels like more than the Celtics grabbed all game. Um, that, that guy, he looks like a 40-year-old man. Um, and perhaps, I don't know, he plays like the wisdom, with the wisdom of one as well. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, um, I, m- watching the last quarter, um, it, it, I felt like the energy was there. It was just, it was chaos. Like I kind of mm. mentioned to you guys, but there were so many, like... Like there was one play, Rozier had a three off it. Like Kyrie dropped the ball behind him, and Rozier came behind him and scooped it up and dribbled into a step back three. Like there were lots of like really errant passes. Um, it just was really um, frantic, you know, not in a not in a good way, not in a good Marcus Smart chaos way. It was it was it was disorderly, and um, I sort of I sort of felt like the team actually. It it felt a little bit to me like the team panicked a little bit, like they were like, "Oh no, here we go again. We've got to turn up the energy." And the energy felt like it was there. Like I'm just I'm just going to talk about the last quarter. The energy sort of felt like it was there then, but they, um, that, that you know, often I feel like we got guys like <coughs> Rosier who who did shoot well tonight. They try who try to win it all at once, and um and that that was the vibe I got from today's game. Yeah, maybe too little, too late. I think as far as the energy, and it was like yeah, you mentioned, like it was chaotic. It was it was kind of like a disorganized form of energy, and and not like the I don't know the the strong Marcus Smart style energy that that we yeah. see um, along with wins. Um, yeah, and it felt like the the Suns. I don't know if this is a, just a symptom of like sort of being a, a hyped team and, and playing teams who are more up and coming, but the Suns um, were really handsy on defense. Like it felt like they were interrupting the Celtics anytime anyone put the ball on the floor, particularly late in the game and including Kyrie Irving. Like it just felt like no one could make like yeah. a, a clean drive to the hoop at any point. It was really frustrating, but I mean you've got to give the Suns credit, right? Like they they did a really good job of interrupting what the Celtics do. Yeah. And then like they're on a four game winning streak too. And I mean like that there's, there's memes galore about that old woman telling off the owner and, and everything that came with like them <laughs> supposedly relocating. So I mean, like th- th- yeah. this, these kind of things happens happens to teams where you know they'll just be in the doldrums and something will happen and they go on a nice run and they're playing pretty well. You know, like well, everything I saw tonight suggests that they're they're far better than the record indicates. They just happen to be at the bottom of a very dense, densely packed West. So um, yeah, whether or not they turn into a real team is yet to, remains to be seen. But yeah, Aiton, man, he was he was excellent. You know, I haven't heard anything about Aiton the whole season. It's, it's all been Doncic this, Trey Young, ha-ha mm. that, and obviously our Time Lord chatter as well. But yeah, Aiton is excellent. He's very, very good. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to quickly rattle off a few of these other post-game thread comments. So, Bullhard all day writes, there's no emotion with the Celtics team. When Steph and the Warriors play, they have fun. When LeBron plays, it's intensity and grit. With the Celtics, it looks like they're just trying to get by the, the team. Uh, the team needs an identity, mm. which, uh, I don't know, I, I get that. There's a lot of injuries at the moment. Al Horford, I think, is a big part of our identity. Uh, you could say that uh gershon is a big part of the bench cheering squad identity <laughs> um and, and certainly mook you know we can't forget mook uh, he was sorely missed tonight like if we just had a, a few 
clutch, timely uh, threes when the energy kind of spiked a little bit there for the Celtics in the fourth. It could have gone the other way. So I understand what he's saying about identity, but recency bias probably comes into play there. We are out quite a few folks at the moment. No excuse. We should be beating the Suns, but um, like it's definitely the hospital Celtics at the moment. So you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I I don't know. I have this weird feeling. Like I don't know if we're a, a, an emotionally an emotional team or are we like a passionate team or a fun team. I got like re, I got like bias. Obviously, surely I look at, look at them. I think they they play hard and they have passion. But I don't know from an outside perspective. Do you think they could be conceived as like cold or like not really having fun or is this just what, what we saw today? I don't know. Yeah, um, I think so. Like I I remember just today watching Smart was pressuring Booker really hard, and, and I know they're all trying really hard, but he just it did sort of feel like. I felt like he was on his own a little bit out there today. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think we, I think, you know, what we miss about Jay Crowder is um, not so much the toe on the line two-pointers, but, um, but you know, like, like there was a, there was a coherent, you know, sort of, um, yeah, there was, there was something coherent about that way, about the way that team functioned emotionally. And and this team is a little bit too cool, right? Like you've got a lot of guys that are, um, that aren't, that aren't like necessarily aggressors. Hey, you know we do have a lot of dudes like that. You know, like which which could be good, you know. But like you you know your Horford and your Haywood type guys, like they aren't, um, they aren't alphas. You know, th- uh, yeah, yeah, I know, and and what? I don't want to. I don't actually. I don't know if I want to buy into that too much, but it, it's sort of we, we're trying to figure this out, right? Um, and we're trying to come up with theories, and, and like I don't want to, like I don't want to lean too heavily on that whole alpha beta type thing. But it, maybe there is something to it. Oh, I do know that we're a lot better when Marcus Morris is around, though. That's for sure, eh? Like, there's no doubt about yeah. it at this point. I think we really only have three reliable offensive options at this point, and that's Kyrie, Marcus Morris, and Tatum. Beyond that, no one else is really consistent or reliable, or you know, puts up the numbers in enough like. It, it's only I can't think of anyone outside those three that you know mm. I feel comfortable shooting most of the time. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that'll change at all? I mean, there are a lot of people out there that say that the the season doesn't start until Christmas, and maybe unfortunately that is now quite soon. But you know, I feel like I don't know. It's it's hard to be objective, you know, as a fan as well as someone attempting to be an analyst. But I do feel like this this team obviously has a long way to go if they're going to reach a point where they're where they're contending for a championship. But I don't think this is the final form of this team. It is taking a frustratingly long amount of time to, to get there, if they will get there at all. But there's still a long way to go in the season, right? Like there's still two-thirds of the season remaining. It's not unreasonable to, to hope or, or at least assume that they'll get to a point you know, by the playoffs where they're actually uh, a contending team or at least a, a, of a much higher quality than they are at the moment, which is you know pretty low, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think I think... I think Horford, like, like we, I'm not going to say no one's picked up on it because people definitely have talked about it. But, but I do think um, he is the canary in the coal mine, eh? You know, and um, when he's playing poorly, we're playing poorly. So, and if he's not playing at all, it's really hard. You know, other people have to do things that he does really, really well. Um, yeah, it, it, we do need him back there. Everything's, you know. It, the games will be much more representative of of who we are when we've got you know Horford in there for a long stretch. But hey, you know this knee thing. Um, mm, it seems like it could be something that's uh, age related to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you know, 
as someone who is the same age as Al Horford uh, <laughs> and not an NBA athlete or any form of athlete, I can tell you that through basically just um, pure sedentary lifestyle, my knees are also terrible. So I can't imagine what 82 games a year plus playoff Al level of games yeah. is like over over that stretch of a lifetime. Which is why I'm probably more inclined to, to be cool if he sits out, even if it does cost yeah. us a few games here. Because, I mean, like, obviously... I think everyone's resigned to the fact that we're not winning a title unless we got that one seed, not just in the East, it's in the NBA. So I think that just seems to be getting further and further and further and more unachievable for us. But doesn't mean we can't still go on a run. So I'm more than happy for him to sit out, come back later in the season, even if it hurts our record a little bit, get in the playoffs, or at least get some, some game time in the lead up to it. And then we know what he can do in the playoffs. So unless, you know, age has hurt him, always taken him back, you know, a bit, you know, quite significantly, I still yeah. think that's a good call to have. And man, just I want to say, I would, I can't wait to see Horford and Williams on the court together because I think he will help for a lot of Williams' deficiencies on defense, particularly when it comes uh-huh. to like placement and stuff. So once I, I want to see those two out on the court together, and I think it'll add a lot to Williams's game. So come back soon. <laughs> yeah, look, playoff Al is definitely a thing, and I, every year we have this conversation where you know Al Horford seems to be underperforming in the regular season. Every year since he's, he's been a Celtic, and he always steps it up in in the postseason. Like there's there's no doubt. And here we are again. He's underperforming. He's not even playing these games. You know, he's got knee issues. Whether or not there's a lot of substance to that, or whether or not they're just resting him, um, who knows? But I, I think you know we can all be pretty confident that he's going to step things up in the postseason if we get there. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I will get to the postseason. <laughs> um, Don't panic. <laughs> uh, uh, before we get too far away from the energy uh, side of things, Kyrie Irving, like he's bringing that energy, and I feel like you can like see on his face and through his body language, he's maybe a little bit frustrated at times that um, yeah. that people aren't rising to that same level of energy, and he continues to put up career high uh, assist stats, and he, he seems to be coming like becoming rather a much more well-rounded holistic player in that like he's obviously still got that scoring talent and like in a vacuum just you know there are a lot of frustrating parts about watching this team at the moment but like it's it's a pleasure to watch Kyrie Irving on a, on a nightly basis um, but he's dishing out assists he's getting steals he's defending a lot better um, and he's bringing that energy like I said and yeah unfortunately tonight aside from maybe Marcus Smart like there just weren't enough people bringing that same level of energy uh, one of those people Gordon Haywood, so Red Sox 17. This is the last uh, Reddit post-game thread shout-out. Wrote, man, Haywood looks bad. And I tend to agree with him. It is one thing to take time to recover, but he just doesn't look that physically or mentally lost. What is his role? I'm starting to believe, like Mike Gorman said, that he will never be back to what he was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's, it's early days. It's still early days, like given the extent of his injury. But like Haywood came back for a little bit there, like against Minnesota. And then, you know, a couple of games either side of that where it kind of looked like he was progressing a little bit. And then today, like certainly, you know, all physical um, aspects aside, like mentally, that it just didn't seem like he was, he was Gordon Haywood or even a professional basketball player. I just thought that he was, he was poor and he finished uh, almost a team low. Terry Rozier had him beaten this category, but Haywood finished a, a negative 13, but pretty, pretty ter- terrible all around. Yeah, it wasn't nice. wasn't good. Um, I, I, I'm still willing to give him a f- far, far, far more time uh, before passing judgment or whether I think, you know, he's back to, you know, if, if he ever gets back to where he was, uh, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, that, that Minnesota game, I mean, I think a lot of people obviously 
we didn't want to jump the gun, but we thought, okay, that's the that, that's that's kind of the, the, the welcome back game, and we'll just yeah, see something. I jumped the gun. Something if we'll see some <laughs> some more consistent offense from him out, out of that going forward. But um, uh-huh. yeah, it's still it's just the problem with the whole team, really. From I mean, probably barring Kyrie and perhaps Marcus Morris too. It's just it's just consistency. You know, you get a yeah. you get a good performance out of him one night, then you'll get one average one, one bad one, and then a good one, then an average one, then a good one, then a bad one. So that's like, uh, it, it, I'm still like, I guess, I guess I'm I'm not willing to judge him yet, I'm not willing to write him off yet because I still think he needs a lot more time. Um, but yeah, it would be nice if he could <laughs> if he could hurry up because we need him, we need him big time. Uh, look, I hope I'm wrong, and, and we are all speculating at this point. But at this point, my guess is that I don't think he's gonna live up to his contract that's what I guess and and that doesn't mean he's even necessarily a bad player but um but that's what I guess is going to happen um and it might not be like that I hope it isn't like that but that, that's what I'm kind of kind of preparing for like yeah um the Minnesota game at this point is a clear aberration <laughs> but it's cool to know it can happen yeah, that is what uh, I believe people refer to as the darkest timeline. Um, that's a brutal truth to accept. I, I personally am not ready to, whether or not that makes it um, more or less true. It, it doesn't. I'm just personally un- unwilling to go there at this point. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it is looking like it, it's going that way. But early days, perhaps he needs the whole season, the whole postseason and a whole off season ahead to, to get back to um, any semblance of what it used to be. But it's definitely not Even- there at the moment. Even at that point, though, if we've had two really pretty crap seasons out of him at thirty million a year, yeah, like, like at that point, like he he can't make it. You know what I mean? Even if he's back to full yeah. next year, he can't uh, actually be worth his contract. I would say I I, you know? I would be more than happy for this year to be a total dud if he can get back to ninety percent of what he was when we signed him. I think that would be worth it. It wouldn't live up to the contract, like you were saying. It would look as a bad contract down, but I feel I, I feel like that one good season. It, 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 it's hard to say, but yeah, I, I just I, I would I just kind of want to see it more than anything else, and it, it's probably more of a reality that this season's going to be a dud. So there's two basically seasons that he didn't impress. So probably more hoping the third one is there, but I'd say it's probably the most realistic option too that he gets it together for the year three. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and and we'll see. I don't want to like over. I don't want to. I don't want to overstate this. Like we will see. You know, like um, he's got what are we at game thirty? We just had game thirty, right? right. Is that right? Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah. What are we, 18? Are we 18 and 12 right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, game 30. Yeah, so, you know, um, there's 52 games left. There's, there's still some story to come. But, you know, hey, like, also, let's not apologize for prognosticating. <laughs> you know, like... That's what we do. It's <laughs> what we do. What else is there to talk about, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's all about the hot takes and uh, and recency bias and, uh, and jumping on the, the hot topics as they come up. Um, but I, it's not unreasonable to think that, I don't know, perhaps there was a conversation, Gordon Hayward and, and Brad Stevens and Celtics management, just like, hey man, take your time. You know, the postseason's a long way away. You know, um, here's how we should measure your progress and success as, as we go along the season. And, you know, here's where you should be at by the postseason. And we're a long way from that postseason. So, it, you know, it's probably a little early to start um, calling him out as, as as never being able to, to return to form. But, um you know, all we've got is the games over the past week. That's what we're here to talk about, and it's not looking yeah. good. 
But um, would would would, any, anyway. would anyone believe that right now Danny Ainge somewhere in like his office has like a like a, like break in case of emergency and it's like a like a, a trade with Gordon Hayward's name on it just ready to go? Do you reckon they've got that planned like just in, just there safe and ready? Because <laughs> I get the feeling like they do. Someone's <laughs> got to go in the Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, absolutely. It's got to be somebody good, man. It's not just gonna be like Marcus Smart. And I, I you know, truthfully, it better not be Marcus Smart, man. Like oh, we cannot trade that dude. But um, that's just that's just my opinion. But it's going to be somebody on big money, and it's probably not going to be Kyrie. So that means it's probably going to be Hayward or Horford or both. Well, if it's not yeah. Kyrie, then it because of the Rose Rule, it can't be anyone this season, right? It's going to have to be in the off season or, or, or next season. It'll but be, it'll be well covered by Chris Forsberg. Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, and unfortunately not by many people on Celtics Reddit because the the trade proposal threads continue to come on a daily basis. But guys, uh, come yeah, on, step up, your wake game. up. But our our trade pieces for this season, you know, whether for Anthony Davis or, or whoever else, uh, Rozier and Jalen continue to downplay their, their value on a very public stage. Um, Jalen Brown, uh, I don't have the stats up in front of me, but basically the last few games he's, he's put up, you know, like just absolute like goose eggs. Um, for lack of a better term, he really has not been the Jalen Brown that we saw last year, particularly in the playoffs. Um, he had some flashes when he came back from his injury recently, but uh, he doesn't seem to be able to handle the ball adequately at all at any sort of in any situation on an NBA court. Um, very frustrating as a fan, and as very frustrating as a um, as a pro Jalen Brown uh, person in in Celtics fan communities. Um, yeah, and Terry Rozier, very inconsistent. Uh, I don't know what was going on in the fourth quarter there today. Like he did hit a couple of shots, but it was weird that. Of, of all the players that we have, namely Kyrie Irving, that we continue to go to to Rogier uh, in that situation. Mm. Uh, very inefficient, very inconsistent, and very frustrating players. And they had a lot of value, I think, going into the season. And, and now there's, I don't know, there's some, but almost none. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I think, like, I want to, like, I want to, like, carve out, like, some baselines here and... and they are NBA players, like both Rozier and Brown are NBA players. And you don't just necessarily get an NBA player, even if you're drafting at number three. There's busts all over the draft sure. board, right? Mm-hmm. So so, so Jalen Brown's an NBA player with some real NBA skills. Um, but those two guys, and I'm probably, I'm probably beating the same drum I keep beating, but those two dudes, man, when things are going badly, I don't really want them on the floor. No. I, I just, like, I just, I don't, like I want, I'm like, nah, just, I don't want to see Jalen right now. I don't want to see Rozier right now. I want to see Smart. I want to see Tatum, you know? Um, I'll, I'll almost take Horford. Uh, sorry, I'll take Hayward over, over, over Brown. And I, I, I'm not so sure that it's a coincidence that the team took off when Brown went out injured. I'm not so sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and when he came back, he, you know, those first couple games, he was really taking it strong to the hole. But yeah, there's something that's not quite there with him. There's a like a, there's a there's a um, there's a stiltedness to his game, you know. Yeah, a lot of people say he's maybe overthinking it a bit because uh, he's I'm a sure, yeah. supposed intellectual. Um, do you think there's any substance to that? Totally, totally. Yeah, I think it's just the way that you know people of that sort of you know intellect, as you could say, uh, can they can they can get up in their own heads, you know, and it can it, it can psych themselves out. Um, I, I definitely think it's got something to do with Gordon Hayward being inserted back into the squad as well too. You know, he was one of the names that was quite clearly, you know, there. 
his role potentially will suffer with this reintegration, and um, and it certainly has in Rogier as well. But um, look, I I I feel like Jalen's going to sort it out because I just don't see it as being any. It's not. It's not a physical thing. I think. It, I think a mental thing. Again, it's hard. It's hard to say. But I think he's the kind of guy who can overcome something like that. Whereas someone like Haywood trying to get his confidence back because of the result of a physical injury, I, I have more confidence in the in the former. But who, who knows? You know, they both might. They both might not work out. They both could work out. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, he definitely does not look right at the moment. That airballed three today was was straight up painful to watch. It was, <laughs> I think it was like his second chance too. It just, yeah. 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 I think, yeah. I mean, we talk about it over and over again, but what we need is for this team to, to find total cohesion among all players and everyone settling perfectly into their roles by the end of the season. Uh, we're, we're still quite far away from that point. Um, and there, there's been signs of progress in, in, in reaching that final form. Um, tonight was definitely a step back, um, but we're, we've got a long way to go. But if this team can can settle into that groove by the end of the postseason, then I think we've got just a good chance of reaching the finals as anyone else in the East. I'm not going to go as far as saying that we can win a championship because I do think, unfortunately, all of this is meaningless and, this, and the Warriors will just turn it on and, uh, and win another championship. Sorry, Denver fans. But uh, yeah, that's where we're at. It's interesting times. Um, what else do we have to cover? A uh, couple of notes here. Tommy Heinsohn left the call early in the game, replaced by a scowl. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I had to dig around. I couldn't really find any information. I know he's been ill lately, but, um, you know, prayers up to Tommy Heinsohn. I hope everything's okay there because obviously he's a big part of the uh, the Gorman-Heinsohn uh, duo there calling the Celtics games. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a big exactly part of one the half of it. <laughs> he's, he's 50% of the duo, <laughs> to be specific. He is the Heinsohn yeah. part. Um, Attempts in the paint, so uh, against Phoenix today, or yesterday by the time you're listening to this, 31 attempts in the paint. Uh, the per-game average in attempts in the paint for the nine games prior was 48. 48 attempts in the paint versus that 31, which I, I think is a stat that sort of illustrates what went wrong here today. We, like, we just were, It was more of that early season Celtics, right? Like we were just settling for these bad open threes and, and, and um, missing the majority of them, open or not, yeah. um, as opposed to getting into the paint and actually forcing something, so... And I, can't, I don't know what the what? free throw disparity ended up as, but I know at one stage it was like 10 to nothing. So as soon and, and we, there's a stat out there about when we shoot free throws, you know, a certain amount of times versus when we don't. And yeah, we all know how that turns out. So yeah, no surprise. Yeah. I've been kind of having this, this is my theory that I'm working on. Like it feels like you're winning and it feels like, it feels like the, you're, you're playing well when you're doing the things the defense doesn't want you to do. Right. Like, if you take a wide open three pointer that the defense that the defense I hate I, I do you guys ever struggle with that by just parenthetical discussion so choosing between defense and defense you know like yeah I seem Aussie to oscillate between the two yeah um, <laughs> anyway um like if you if you're taking a shot that 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 the defense has wanted you to take it feels like a loss you know and and it, I feel like that's um something that sort of seems to, to detract from your rhythm. Like you, when you're in a rhythm, you're, you're getting the shots that they don't want you to have, you know? Um, and I feel like, yeah, we do tend to settle into the shots that the that the, uh, the other team wants us to take, even if they are wide open. And, and maybe even this is me veering off the statistical reservation a little bit here, but, but maybe even they are in theory more efficient, but they just don't feel like it's earned. They don't feel earned. 
a good shot feels earned, you know? Yeah, like it's more than one pass away. You have to actually like yeah. create it. Yeah. We, we got something that, that, that the other team did not want us to have, you know? Mm. And it feels like the, sh- the ball goes in more often when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Um, a couple of other points here. Terrible interior defense. The Phoenix had 44 points in the paint and uh, about a thousand defensive rebounds. Uh, very frustrating what to watch. Um, we talked about it during the intro of this podcast, but Aaron Baines hand injury diagnosed with a left fourth metacarpal fracture and is out indefinitely. And there's some speculation uh, around the timetable, which apparently is approximately one month. So surgery is imminent. And then Bainesy, you know, the big Aussie. Got a bit of New Zealand blood in him as well. So, you know, clearly uh, well a great uniter. <laughs> yeah. One month, he'll be back on the court. He'll be fine. And there was someone, I can't remember who did it, but captured it on, on um, Twitter today. But he got injured, he broke his hand, and then, like, completed an alley-oop play, like, seconds later. So, uh, the dude's a beast. He's a, he's a Viking, and he'll be back strong. And in the meantime, uh, Robert Williams, the Time Lord. And by the way, that is his nickname. That's the organically yeah. formed nickname. I don't want to spend any time on this because it's it's been beaten to death, but it's, it's a time lord. Eight points, eight rebounds, five blocks in 24 minutes. A pretty efficient uh, game there from Robert Williams, and it's good to see him getting um, you know these opportunities yeah. despite the injuries. We talked about reliability earlier. There is another thing you can rely on. It's Robert Williams getting a block within 30 seconds of him coming on as a sub. It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it, it's, it's a remarkable how... how how good he is at just getting the, just getting those shots out of there. It's it's fantastic to watch, and the crowds love him. You know, you can tell. So, yeah, it's good signs from him. He um he seems to block shots with a lot of space between him and his body and the and the and the shooter. You know, like it off the field is like he blocks it with his fingertips almost. You mm-hmm. know, um, at the apex. yeah yeah. Um, once again, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to. I mean, my my. Uh, my feelings on Robert Williams as a, as a personality have been <laughs> yeah. discussed, but he did some stuff I really liked today. He had a play that I thought was awesome. He caught the ball on like a short roll, and it was out of his range. So he took two. He took a hard dribble towards the hoop. The help slid over, and he and he kicked it straight to Smart on the wing. Um, and Smart wound up shooting a step back three after that. And I, I just thought that was a really that was that was an intelligent play. It was a play that was within he played within himself in that particular instance and got us something we wanted. Yeah, that was encouraging. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment for the weekly report and the Reddit recap. All right, welcome back. It's time for the weekly report. A new segment installed uh, as recently as last week. And last week, we were first in everything, which inspired the inception of the weekly report. This week, brought back down to earth a little bit. We're 11th in offensive rating at 110.8, 14th in defensive rating at 108, and 11th in net rating. Mm. Uh, and we're around the average mark, around the 11 to 15. Uh, ranking point in assist percentage, rebound percentage, uh, true su- true shooting percentage, excuse me, and pace. So a couple of crap games against some crap teams. Um, we'll do that to you, but um, I wanted to stay true to the uh, the implementation of a new segment and uh, and rattle off those stats very quickly. But um, I don't know, not really telling us anything new there. But uh, any, any thoughts on um, on us being more of an average team, Jackson and Joe? Before we move on to the Reddit recap, <laughs> I guess it just feels. <laughs> accurate <laughs> at the moment yeah. sadly yeah yeah the stats tell the story yep they do they don't lie there yeah all right so moving on to the reddit recap user z 
Gamer 200 or Z Gamer in the American speak wrote, uh, he made a post, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, Robert Williams, nickname alert, Celtics owner, Wyke Grousebeck prefers Time it's Lord wick. to Lord Williams. Wyke. Wyke? Wyke. Is it not Wyke? Wick. No, it's Wick. It's, it's wick? wick, man. Yeah, it's, like, it's a regional, like, yeah, it's it's a regional like, dialect. It's like, John wick. it's like John Wick. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> uh, Mr. Grousebeck prefers Time Lord to Lord Williams. Have to agree with him there. Like we touched on this earlier. I said that we weren't going to talk about it, but here it is, one of the, the top posts on Reddit over the past week, unsurprisingly. Um, Time Lord. It's a, it's a great nickname. We all know the origin of, of Time Lord at this point. It's it's a great, original, fun nickname. I I mean, it doesn't matter if he doesn't like it, I think is the point, right? Like, that's the nickname. Totally. That's, that's how these things happen. So, yeah. like, I'm sorry, Robert, but uh, you're Time Lord. Yeah, I don't. people aren't allowed to choose their own nicknames. It has to come from the people around you and whether it's fair or unfair you like it or you don't like it that's where it comes from but I mean um, I, I think at the end of the day he's not really going to mind and neither will the Celtics whether what you call it because I think this will, is going to end up selling more jerseys with his name on it than they probably would have if this whole nickname thing hadn't broken out so I don't think anyone's really you know too upset with it no it's great it's good fun apparently, it's good fun it's stuck apparently Wick also suggested Flight 44 because he missed the plane once I don't know I thought that was alright <laughs> <laughs> and the, the block Block, uh, Mamba. block Mamba was suge- suggested, but uh, it's it's Time Lord. It's awesome, and, and that's your nickname. Uh, final post from the Reddit recap by user Intergalactic Wizard. The best record in the league is nine losses. The Warriors have 11, and we have 12. Things don't look great right now, but we really aren't dead yet, which I thought was a good place to end this podcast. You know me. I like to end things and often start things on an optimistic note. Uh, look Like a compliment sandwich. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we've we've done the meat. We've got to do the final layer of bread here, and yeah, and, and, and fortunately, a lot of our closest rivals in the East, um, being the Sixers and the Pacers, and even the Raptors, have dropped some games recently. So we can kind of afford to drop a couple ourselves, and uh, and we play those teams um, specifically the the Bucks and the Sixers within the next week or so, which we'll get to in a minute. So you know, terrible loss to the to the Suns, but I, I'm confident that we'll respond, and there's a long way to go before we can count ourselves out as a team. Yep, it's it's true, and and you know we we, we there's a myopia right that um that being a fan sort of brings with it, and um you know I mean how would it feel to be a, a Warriors fan right now? Like I don't know. I mean they've got money in the bank from having successful seasons, right? But it would be disconcerting, eh? Like guys, yeah, I, I when are we going to be the Warriors again? But you know, quite quiet confidence, right? Like I I mean this is easy to say objectively as an outsider in terms of Warriors fan bases, but like they're just gonna turn that on in the postseason, right? Like it doesn't matter if they finish with the eight seed; like they'll still make it to the finals. Yeah. That just feels like a given. They've still got cousins. We, we don't have, have that. Still got cousins to come and play for them too. So even if there's like some issue with Durant or whatnot, you know, I, I think he'll add something to them too. So yeah, I, I've. If, if you are, I think you just need to go for a walk around San Francisco, you know, for about ten well, minutes, and you'll be okay. You know, it's gonna be fine. We know that, but we don't live and die on every game, every Warriors game, right? We do on the Celtics game, and, and that's true. Just, true. You, well, you, there's an intensity that comes with definitely, it, right? De- definitely, yeah. but I mean, I've, I, I don't know. I, I, I have never once felt worried or, or concerned, or that the Celtics aren't as good as I thought they are. They're just, they're just having a bad season, in my opinion, so far. Well, the, the, I'll judge that later down the road if it is or it's not. But it's just, it's not living up to standards yet. So everything's still good. We're still going to be in the playoffs. We've still got a chance to win it. We've still got excellent players. It's fine. 
Yeah, I feel like yeah. I need to like scratch that into um, like my bedside table so I wake up and see that every morning and remind myself that everything's all right. You know, like it's just a bad start to the season. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, maybe overplaying that, look, that a little that bit. Could look very, that could look very <laughs> silly in about three weeks' time. I'm well aware of that. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is what I choose to no, believe anyway. It. <laughs> it's my coping mechanism, yeah. if, I, if you want to say. <laughs> yeah, good one. So, look, we've got the Bucks. This is, these are all US times. We've got the Bucks coming up at home on Friday night, the Hornets on Sunday night, and the Sixers on Christmas Day or, uh, or Boxing Day, coinciding with the Boxing Day test if you're here in uh, Australia, New Zealand. <laughs> uh, interesting week up ahead. I'm not sure when we'll see you guys, you guys, the listeners, next, given that uh, we're scheduled to record on, on a Wednesday, which is Christmas Day here. So who knows what's happening there? But uh, definitely some fun games coming up. Uh, I predict... Two and one. I'm not sure who we'll drop a game to. We'll probably lose to the Hornets of all of those teams, mm-hmm. given the intensity we bring to the the you know the more talented teams. But um, I'm excited to play some good teams. It's been a while since we've really played some actual like top tier teams, and we're going to yeah. see Giannis, we're going to see Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and, and Jimmy Butler in the in the space of a week. So I'm, I'm excited to see um, like how this team sort of um, yeah. fronts up to that. We've, we've, we've always we've always turned up at home against the, the our Eastern rivals so far this season. So the, mm. that good omen for the Bucks and the Sixers there. Uh, I think it all depends on the Bucks game to be honest. I think if we can play well, get a result, I feel like that kind of forgives the past two games. But I feel like if we lose that one then that's three on the bounce and the Hornets and Sixers are not going to be easy. So, yeah, I think I think the Bucks game is actually quietly quite crucial to how the uh, how the season's going to pan out. I sort of feel like these big games we can trust our team a little more. Yeah, <laughs> right? Know? It's like this. Yeah, like like I feel confident that we'll show up for that one. Um yeah, it should be a good game. I'm not expecting like a slow drift out to 10 point 10 point deficit and 12 point deficit 14 point deficit you know like i expect it'll be be right we'll be right there so i'm, I'm really looking forward to that i like those games i don't mind losing those ones <laughs> um all right we're out of time so that'll just about do it for this episode of the celtics Radio podcast we've got some really fun matchups coming up this week like we just mentioned uh really excited to see how this team responds after those two awful performances against the Pistons and the Suns. To all you listeners, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and yours. Go Celtics. We'll see you soon. Peace. Hello, Ben. Hey, Ben. Did you lose him? Yeah, yeah man. Too. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we... Uh... Should we just do his outro? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. Um, all right. So, guys, so Ben just died. <laughs> there's some, there's some crazy well, storms going in Sydney. So, yeah, he could very well have drowned. He could have drowned. He could have been struck by lightning. Um, there's a whole host of things. Yeah. Okay, what would Ben do in this situation, Jackson? He would probably call us back and apologize. He would say, and then we'd take it from the top again. But I don't see no call coming in. Nah, he would probably say something about along the line. There's uh, <laughs> sort of a, he'd probably say something along the lines of, "Well, that's does that about does it for this week." Um, looking forward to the games against the Bucks, the Hornets, and the Sixers. Wishing you and yours a, a great, um, great Christmas and uh, and a happy holidays and a prosperous new year. I think he'd say something like that. That would he say? I, then he would say goodbye to Joe and also to myself. So maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'd be like, later. Cheers, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Or Merry Krihimiti, as they say it. All right. All right. Peace. Cheers, guys. See ya. Smooth. <laughs>